Welcome back to episode 19 in our study of the book of Revelation. This episode is called The Sixth Seal. I'm Sam Bracken, your host. Our teacher is Dr. Breck England, who is discussing the book of Revelation through the lens of the temple. We are now in Revelation chapter 6. The Lord is unsealing the book with the seven seals. In our last episode, we discussed what happened when the Lord opened the fifth seal. It was a view of missionary work being done among the dead. Breck, what do we see when the Lord breaks the sixth seal? Well, first, uh, let's remember where we are. Okay. okay. We're in the heavenly temple, and God is showing us his plan for us, uh, which the sealed book contains. We're seeing the plan unfold as if we're watching a movie or a play. So far, we've seen the four horsemen, which represent the four great tribulations we experience in mortal life. And the last of these is death. Under the fifth seal, we've seen what happens after death as the gathering of Israel takes place in the spirit world. Now, the drama continues as the Lord opens the sixth seal. And I'm going to read what happens. This is uh, chapter 6, verses 12, 13, and 14. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So under the sixth seal, where are we? Adam and Eve, who represent all of us, have reached the low point of the down road. It's winter. The dying winter sun wears the sackcloth of mourning. You know, sackcloth was a symbol of repentance and right. mourning. Right. The moon becomes as blood. It doesn't become blood. It becomes as blood, which suggests the awful woundedness of the mortal state. The winter wind blows down the last of the withered figs off the trees like stars falling from heaven, suggesting the ease with which princes would be dethroned. Stars, uh, falling mountains... These evoke the collapse of the idolatrous shrines of backsliding Israel. So when mountains fall and figs fall, these, these and as stars from heaven, you have to remember that in biblical terms, um, falling stars, falling mountains signify the falling of princes and powers. Now, after the constellation, of Era and Scorpio comes the constellation of Aquarius. Aquarius is the constellation of deep winter, and you'll see it throughout most of January. Aquarius is the figure of a man pouring water from a jug. Now to the Jews, this particular sign of the zodiac symbolized the temple priests pouring out the sacrificial blood under the altar. And early Christians saw this um, pouring out of blood as a foreshadowing of the blood shed by Christ on the cross. So it says that when the Lord opened the sixth seal, there would be a tremendous earthquake. 
Now, some people believe that we are in the so-called era of the sixth seal, and they have tried to identify this great earthquake as something that's already happened. Mm-hmm. Of course, there have been many great earthquakes. Yeah, of course, <laughs> throughout the last couple thousand years. Yeah, the most powerful earthquake ever recorded took place in Chile in 1960. But then there are about 20,000 measurable earthquakes every year on this planet, <laughs> which is about 50 every day. <laughs> but wow. that, that's always been true. Right, so right. the question is, what does John mean by a great earthquake? Yeah. In the book of Revelation. Yeah, that would be interesting to know. Well, in the scriptures, earthquake is always a sign of the judgment of God. These types of judgments have fallen on the world many times in the past and will again in the future. Whenever wickedness becomes ripe, the Lord lets fall this kind of judgment. Uh, consider what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Scientists know that the Dead Sea area was devastated by an earthquake uh, sometime between... 2100 and 1800 BC, uh, which is about the time of Abraham. So this might have been uh, what we're talking about. This could, could have unleashed showers of steaming tar from volcanic pits that still exist in that area. Mm-hmm. And then in Exodus, the Egyptians suffer the judgments of fiery hail and darkness and earthquake and water pollution and, and uh, mass death. These plagues might have been the result of the eruption of the Thera volcano in the Mediterranean Sea, not far from Egypt. And um, that was about 3,500 years ago, about the time of Moses. And it was one of the most powerful eruptions ever known. Lots of volcanic material fell on Egypt. They, they know that. They found it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same disasters ended the wicked Nephite civilization, right, in Third Nephi describes a great earthquake and a storm raining fire. Quote from 3rd Nephi, and there was a terrible thunder insomuch that it did shake the whole earth as if it was about to divide asunder. Some LDS scholars have pointed out that these scriptural stories are very good descriptions of volcanic eruptions. So what I'm saying is there is a pattern to the Lord's judgments, and there are always seven signs of judgment. First, earthquake. The earth trembles. Second, smoke blots out the sun, which you'd expect after an earthquake. Mm -hmm. And third, it turns the moon red, obviously. Have you ever seen a red moon? I have. It's very cool. Why why is it red? I I think it's because of the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, there's smoke in the atmosphere, right? It's not the moon that's red. It's between us and the moon. There's a a layer of pollution of some kind, smoke or vapor or something, dust. Fourth, the wind blows down the stars. Fifth, mountains move out of their place. And the whole face of the earth is changed, right? Sixth, the heavens depart or disappear like a scroll that is rolled up. Now, here's the seventh sign. This, to me, is very interesting. Quote, this is from chapter 6, Revelation. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come 
and who shall be able to stand? So these are all patterns of the Lord's judgment. They're always seven, right? And they're always the same. Remember that the number seven signifies a totality. Mm -hmm. right? Completeness, so, right? Yeah, so seven judgments, mm -hmm. right? This is what you're going to get. Right, okay. right. Uh, and notice that judgment falls on seven groups. Right. Uh, unrighteous kings, government officials, the rich, warlords, powerful individuals, sinful servants, and wicked persons. Oh, wow. Okay. Of course, um, these are the rich, together with generals, powerful people, they form a mighty group, right? They're, they're the faces of the violence and economic forces of evil. The seven types of wicked are the faithless, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars. Wow. <laughs> so those seven groups make up the wicked. Wow. Okay. So seven judgments yeah. fall on seven groups. Of which I don't want to be in any of those no, no, groups. No, 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 no. So, so let's sum up. The forces of oppression, economic, government, and military, will be severely judged, along with individuals who are followers of Cain. This has feelings and resonances of the four horsemen. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. These are the people who abuse other people. They abuse people for gain, and often in just abominable ways, such as the, the age-old practice of enslaving and sex trafficking children. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Bible condemns those who, quote, give a boy for a harlot or sell a girl for wine that they oh, might drink. That's bad. Um, and these kinds of violations, that was the book of Joel. These violations are often approved of or even sponsored by big business, governments, business interests. Wow. So there are seven judgments that fall on seven groups of wicked people. Which tells us that the people bring the judgments on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, war is the main source of these judgments. War produces earthquakes, big giant machinery, bombs, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it makes the earth Explosions, yeah. Yeah. especially atomic explosions. Yes, yes. War produces earthquakes, produces darkness, bloodshed under the sixth seal. Now, prophets foresee these titanic world wars and genocides. And quote, the day of the Lord cometh, a day of darkness and of gloominess. Uh, great armies lay waste to the earth. The Bible says, the land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Men of war, they shall march and shall not break their ranks. It's armies that cause the earthquakes in many cases, uh, are armies that will cause the earthquakes of the latter days. And the smoke screen that darkens the sky. Quote, the earth shall quake before them. Now notice that the earthquakes are caused by armies. Right. It says here, the earthquakes before them. Mm -hmm. The heavens tremble. Why? Because of bombs and missiles yeah. and so forth. The sun and the moon shall be dark. I mean, think of a battlefield. Mm -hmm. uh, it's smoke and chaos and mm -hmm. confusion. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. And that's, uh, that's the Bible. That's in Joel. That's what is meant when the Lord talks about these earthquakes and the darkening of the mm -hmm. sun and, and the stars ceasing their shining. He's describing 
what men do to themselves. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think about the Ukraine right now, right? What's happening in Ukraine? Yeah, we've seen and will continue to see these prophecies fulfilled. Mm -hmm. This is the age of titanic warfare. Wow. Now, it used to be, you know, armies would get together and fight, and, and um, it was bad, but it was usually, you know, guys fighting each other hand to hand. Now we can destroy whole civilizations. Mm -hmm. World okay. wars, right? World wars. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen it. We have, we have. So war shakes the earth and fills the sky with smoke. What about falling stars? What do they signify? In the scriptures, falling or disappearing stars signify rebellious souls. Uh, the Doctrine and Covenant says that these stars are, quote, exceedingly angry. <laughs> Doctrine and Covenants uh, 88, 87. Now, of course, Lucifer, he's the archetypal fallen star, right? Mm -hmm. um, along with his third part of the stars of heaven, as uh, the book of Revelation tells us. In the New Testament, we have Jude, the book of Jude, who sorrows over hypocritical church members who have, quote, gone in the way of Cain. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So, what does this add up to? Stars? in the scriptures, are symbols of, of wicked people, particularly powerful ones, princes and rulers and kings falling from their thrones like stars falling from the sky. Mm -hmm. It's the powerful falling from their, from their thrones. powerful positions. Yeah, yeah. We've always had wars in all of history, but war in our time is so much more destructive. It says, of course, the, the Bible says in the last days, they shall hear, quote, they shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Um, Jesus told his disciples, they will hear not only about war, but actually the sounds of war. The sound, Greek, aque, the sound. It's not that they will hear about it, they will hear it, okay? Mm -hmm. And of course, we have world wars, and there have been world wars. Quote, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Now, notice the sequence here. What, what starts it all off? Wicked rulers. Yeah, wicked rulers, nation rising against nation. Mm -hmm. That's what starts it all off. Mm -hmm. So the judgment of the last days begins with us. We create our own judgment. Remember the plagues of the four horsemen? Yeah, yeah. Conquest first, mm -hmm. war, famine, then disease, and then death. Mm -hmm. and, and all that will intensify as tyrants harness the treasure and technology of the world to terrorize nations. They are the, quote, spiritually wicked in high places that Paul talks about mm. in Ephesians 6. Now, note what President Russell M. Nelson said in the last conference. He said, he just warned us that uh, our age is an age of, quote, venomous contention. Think about that expression of mm -hmm. his, venomous contention, poisonous, poisonous. warfare, yeah. Yeah. And, and polarization. As far as the wars of the last days are concerned, well, they're well underway, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had two massive world wars and brush wars and wars that continue. And now we're seeing Ukraine being bombarded by, and essentially, it, this is my opinion, but a tyrant. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I would um, agree. And all of this has been underway and it will continue. 
to, to plague the world. So the wars spoken of here by John, they're not only literal, but they're also um, symbolic. They're figured. So, so what do you mean, that these wars are not only literal, but also figurative? Well, the wars of the last days will feature a lot of physical blood, fire, and smoke, right? Uh, but these are also outward symbols of spiritual warfare inside, inside the hearts of the people and, and between people. There's a, a really fine Bible scholar named Bruce Metzger, and he says this, quote, The use of cosmic convulsions to describe social and political upheaval is well established in biblical prophecy. I like that quote um, because it tells us the warfare is not only out there, but it's in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Constant warfare in the family, in society, on the battlefield, well, all of that mutilates our spirits. And he goes on to say, quote, The material cataclysms of Revelation surely allude just as much to social, political, economic disasters that bring disorder, incoherence, and the destruction of assured foundations. He says it's a time of anomie, A-N-O-M-I-E, which is a great word. It signifies the breakdown of social values and standards and the disappearance of meaningfulness in life, which provokes terror. Wow. So it seems to me like this really connects to having contention. We can avoid contention. The spirit of contention is not the spirit of God. The prophet talked to us some in general conference about, you know, trying to live your life without contention. And it seems like internally, inwardly, if I can live without contention, then that's half the battle for me because it just gets worse. Contention just gets, it just escalates. It escalates to violence, war, and other things. Vicious cycle. It does. There is nothing worse or, or there is nothing more important right now for us to focus on than getting rid of contention. If the prophet of the Lord spends a half an hour telling us that, yeah, is that, do you think that's, that's important? That's pretty critical. Do you think that's what God wants us to pay attention yeah, to right yeah. now? It also brings you peace. Like contention, when, I'm, when I feel contention, not having peace, not well, having peace. Well, contention and war <clears throat> and hatred, maybe the worst thing that happens is they produce a sense of futility. They have a meaningless life. It's all about killing and hating. And it perpetuates, right? It perpetuates. Yeah. Things getting worse. This is, this is what Metzger says, and I really like this. Quote, when man ceases to practice justice, when he is no longer there as a son of God, then the pillars of the earth are shaken, the mountains totter, and everything is put in question. I love that quotation. The earthquakes of the last days are not only physical earthquakes. They are spiritual earthquakes also. They're both. Uh, Figuratively, the ground trembles because our spiritual foundations are built on sand. Psalm 82, quote, People know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken or slipped. So in summary, we live now in a winter world It's a world that is haunted by war. The earthquakes, the darkness, moon turning to blood, all of this stuff is happening now, and it's been happening for a while, and it will continue to happen. Uh, It's a world where the love of men waxes cold, as the scriptures say. But Jesus opens the door to light, 
and warmth. And because the Lord knew this calamity of despair would come upon the inhabitants of the earth. He says, quote, this is from Doctrine and Covenants. Because he knew this calamity would come upon the inhabitants of the earth, I, the Lord, called upon my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., and spake unto him from heaven and gave him commandments. So the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ is here too, (laughs) (laughs) along with the judgments that we are seeing and experiencing and hearing all the time. So in our next podcast, we're going to find out about a special group of people, the 144,000 servants of the Lord who have a special mission. And we'll talk about that mission in the next episode. Well, I can't wait. Thanks. (laughs) Okay.